What's up, everyone? This is The Road to the Show. I am Patrick Jones. And on today's episode, we have Jacob Bodner. Jacob is a right-handed pitcher in the Kansas City Royals organization. He just finished up a season in high A and is will be going to the Arizona Fall League um, within about the next week. Um, in this episode, we go over a typical day in the life of a minor league baseball player, um, what type of adjustments he's had to make from the college level to the professional level, and just what helps him get back into the right frame of mind after a couple of tough outings. Baseball is such a, such a mental sport. Um, so we're going to learn a lot from Jacob in this episode. Um, Jacob's a good buddy of mine, so I'm really happy to see him do well and succeed, and he's put a lot of hard work in. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy uh, listening to this. So without further ado, here's uh, Jacob Bodner. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Road to the Show. And on today's episode, we got a former teammate of mine, Jacob Bodner. Jacob, thanks for coming on, man. No problem, man. So you actually just got done throwing a bullpen, even though the season was over. It just got over a couple weeks ago. Um, why don't you tell everybody why that is? Um, so I got the news about a week ago that I'm attending the Arizona Fall League, so I'm heading out there to throw, and uh, looking forward to it. That's awesome, dude. Congrats on that. So obviously the Arizona Fall League is about the most prestigious league uh, there is, where all the top prospects um, are going. Did you have any idea throughout the course of the season that you could possibly uh, be called up to that league at the end of the year? Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's somewhat of, I knew there was somewhat of a possibility, but... Um, at the end of the year, not hearing anything, you kind of expect, okay, I'm, I'm getting ready to have a, a full offseason. Then you get the call about a week after saying, yeah. hey, we'd like for you to attend. And I was amped up about it, and I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I was, that's what I was saying. Like, we got to get this interview in pretty good because uh, Jacob's got a uh, golf uh, golf trip. He's got a golf outing, right? you got to go to. Um, do you ever play golf during the season? Uh, we tried to, but it was tough because this year we had – um, rain on a couple of our off days that we had mm-hmm. tea time set up for, so it didn't quite work out. But, <laughs> but uh, I played the other day, so I didn't shoot too bad. Is it mainly pitchers who want to go golfing during the season, or are there position players too? Uh, honestly, it's a good mix of both. I mean, there's no there's no really rhyme to reason who wants to go golf. It's usually usually both. So yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too big of a golfer myself. But uh, so this past season went good. What? What what adjustments did you make? Because you were in Wilmington this past year, and you were you finished the year before in Wilmington as well. What what adjustments did you make from last year to this year? Uh, I just I just worked on controlling controlling the fastball, being able to command it a little better this year. Um, cut down on the walks, obviously, mm-hmm. make them put it in play, and the results are a lot better this year. And uh, I was excited about it. Now, the season's a grind. How, does, how did your body feel like throughout the course of the season? I mean, I know, obviously, we worked out a little bit towards the end of the offseason together. And um, how did that carry over? I mean, what kind of things did you have to do during the season to keep your body uh, ready to go each day? So, the, yeah, the whole year my body felt great. Uh, even though during my one start I rolled my ankle. But, uh, oh, really? Yeah, so that, that was kind of painful to deal with for the last couple of weeks. But I'm over it now. But as far as arm-wise, arm felt great. Just, just do the daily arm care as far as shoulder prep before the game itself. Allows yeah, yeah. You, allows you to have a healthy season. 
What uh, did you guys have any any top prospects on your team who are? Uh, yeah, we had several. So it's fun to watch them go out and work every day and see the tools they they have to showcase, and that was that was fun to watch. Did you guys like to? Talk, did you guys talk? Like, were they were they pitching prospects or were they? Some uh, the it hitters? was both. We had hitters and pitchers. So hitters we and had pitchers. A, we had a couple pitching prospects who uh, one of them moved up to Double A, and then we had a couple hitters uh, that were in the top thirty prospect list too that, that were fun to watch on a daily basis. So did you think throughout the year that maybe since you were having a good year that you could possibly could have, could have gotten called up to double A? Uh, yeah, I mean, you never know because any time a pitcher goes down up there, they're, they're going to need a pitcher from obviously high A. So there were a couple of times where um, they called up someone and it was, honestly happens to be who's, who's hot that day and stuff because they need a pitcher the next day up there in double A. So um, I was just thankful to have a healthy year in Wilmington to finish strong, though. So yeah, yeah. looking forward to spring training next year. You guys got you guys kind of got guys like coming and going all the time. Um, did you guys have any like indie ball guys get signed to your team at all? Uh, not our team. I know in um, low A and double A, I think there was one or two, and um, because we had a couple guys go down this year, and then as far yeah. as number wise, we were kind of low at some levels, so we needed needed some help and talent along the way. So I think right, they signed right. a couple, but I haven't had the opportunity to meet them. So right, I got you. Um, so like. Obviously, this year you put you've played you know very well, but in past years, um, if you're not pitching as good or you have a few bad outings in a, in a row, we've got a lot of, a lot of younger guys who are going to be listening, watching to this. How do you get yourself back on track? Because you know, obviously, you're in the you know minor leagues, and it's it's pretty pretty rough, you know, pretty cutthroat in terms of you know getting released or you know you see other guys come and go all the time. How do you get your mind back on straight, and how do you get your confidence uh, up? Well, I know it's uh, easier said than done, but you just got to have short-term memory. You just got to forget about it. Know that that's the past. You can only you can't do anything about it. So, and being a bullpen guy, you're going to be in there every two or three days. So you really got to have short-term memory for that aspect because if not, it'll eat you up for a week or two until you get out of the rut. But yeah, when you have a bad outing, just just wipe it clean because I mean you're going to have several more and know that your stuff's good enough to get hitters out each time you step on the mound. So you just got to know that. You just got to know that clean the slate and move forward what's your I mean I, I'm a position player so my mentality is a little bit different but you're a bullpen guy coming into the game I mean what's that what's your mentality like uh coming in you know what was it sixth seventh inning usually right around there yeah it, it honestly varied this year I was I, mean, I had one start but I came in in the game anywhere from the fourth inning to the ninth inning it varied and I, there's sometimes where I go three innings sometimes I go two and then Sometimes I come in and get an out, so it honestly varied a little bit this year, and it's fun. It's fun to do that. So you, you rolled your ankle your first the first start, so they were like, "Yeah, we're not going to do that again." Is that uh, right? No, uh, that, that wasn't the reason why. I, so the reason why I started was because we were short on pitching that day. One of our starters, I think, got called up, and we had a double header or something like that. So in the bullpen, got to start, and I was as far as having the most days off. I was the hottest that day, so I started and then went four innings and most pitches and innings I've thrown and probably four years or so so well, it's fun it's fun to get out there and start again now a lot of the pitchers you know they think that they can hit a lot of position players think that they can pitch um did you ever did you ever watch some games of you and just think to yourself that i could easily be out there like hitting with these guys because you hit in college too for the, for everyone who doesn't know um did you ever, ever feel that way or did you ever get to take any bp or anything um we I, I didn't get the opportunity to take bp but there's i mean obviously there's times where you wish you could hit again but uh from a competitive standpoint, those guys would dominate me if I ever stepped in the yeah, box again. Yeah. But it's just your curiosity side is 
is itching at the bit to get in the box again, but now those guys would eat me up if I stepped in the box. They'd probably shatter my bat or I'd definitely <laughs> swing through it. But Yeah, I understand that. Um, so what are some of the things that, you know, throughout the course of the season, even though you were successful, like what, 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 are, you, what are you working on? Because, I mean, yeah, like you had a good season, but obviously, you know, you always want to continue to get better. So what adjustments were you making throughout the course of the season? Because um, you put, you guys played the same team, so you're facing the same yeah, hitters yeah, over so and over. Yeah, you're facing the same hitters over and over again. So they got a, they got a good scouting report on you. So right. at the end of the day, it's, it's man versus man instead of your best stuff versus your best stuff. So you can't really trick anyone right. playing the same teams every other week. So Right, right. Now there's a lot of kids out there who are – you know, currently in, in high school and even even the ones in college um, currently listening, like what advice would you give them? Because you've obviously played at both, um, who are wanting to continue to play professionally. Um, what kind of things do you think they need to be working on now or uh, just from a mental aspect? Um, I honestly think the biggest thing is obviously you got to stay healthy. Um, I mean, I endured two, two knee injuries, one in college, one in high school, but um, as far as as far as that, just being able to stay healthy, treating your body right, getting in the weight room, doing arm care as far as as far as pitching stuff. But uh, the mental aspect, just if you have a bad game, bad bad outing, or a couple of bad at bats, like like I said earlier, just just wipe it clean. I mean, you're going to have bad at bats. It's a game of failure, so yeah. just having that ability to do that, then just keep working. I know I know it's not going to feel like you're getting better sometimes. I know when I'm long tossing in the, yeah. in the weight room and stuff, I feel like I'm not getting much velo out of it, but it adds up, and at the end of the day, I am getting velo and doing doing dry runs and stuff. I'm getting um, better in my technique and my drive and stuff on the mound. So it doesn't feel like you're getting better when you're working on it, but just keep, just keep working. That's my. Big I just advice. I feel like perspective is another another big thing. Like you know, you, you have the opportunity like to get to play baseball, and I know that sounds you know corny or whatever, but I mean. I know I, I've seen it. I definitely, you know, I'm mean, at a different playing independent ball, a different level than you. But I mean, there are kids out there, very, very talented, who are, will just play for nothing. You know what I'm saying? And who are really good. So I mean, I, I feel like you know, f- gratitude and just perspective is another thing. You know, you get to play baseball and you get to do it for a living. Um, so I know that's that's what I think. I'm sure I know we've talked about about that before too. Just um, just that gratitude factor but what so you're facing different you know hitters at high a versus you know low a or rookie ball what are some of the things that you notice could you not get away with certain pitches at high a versus you know, low a or rookie ball um i noticed one the strike zone's a little tighter i mean obviously when you move up each level it's gonna get a little tighter but you start to see hitters have a hair better approach i mean obviously it's the same talent as far as each level and you're gonna see a hair better talent when you move up obviously but Hitters at each level are going to still be able to do the same thing. They're still going to be able to put the ball in the gap, work some counts. But you're starting to see guys with more crisp um, a plate approach and stuff yeah. as far as that. So you got to be a little more, a little more uh, selective on your pitches and counts and stuff like that. But yeah, I think the, the the approach you see from hitters and the strike zone are the two biggest things. Because in low A and rookie ball, you can kind of get away with balls on the chalk and They'll swing it kind of, yeah. Right? So umpires will give that to you, but when you move up, they make you get it more on the plate. So that's kind of tough as far as yeah. putting the ball on the plate each pitch, trying to get them out. But I think that's the biggest adjustment you got to make moving up. So are you trying to throw? I mean, 
I'm not a pitcher, so I really don't know. I mean, if I was pitching, I'd be on the mound trying to throw, especially as a reliever, every ball as hard as I could. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you throw pretty much every uh, Yeah, I, try, I mean, I try to. There's sometimes where you don't really take the foot off the gas, but you try to command the ball a little better, and then there's times where you just let it eat when you got to count in your favor, and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going high at this pitch. I'm going to challenge him. So. But for the most part, you're, you're attacking the hitter with your best stuff every time, and I know that when I was a starting, that was a little different because you had to – not really take the foot off the gas, but kind of kind of cruise a little bit, and then amp it up when you wanted to in order to be able to go more than three innings or so. So, from that aspect, it was different. But. Well, in college, you were hitting. Uh, let's see, like, what'd you top out in college? What was your highest you ever heard of? Uh, I think like five or so. Not five yeah. or so. I mean, what what were you, what are you topping out like now? Is it still around the same? Uh, yeah, I think this year it was six or so. It was six. Maybe, just ninety six. Just ninety six. <laughs> nah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't. I didn't really go check my velo as much. I mean, yeah, I just I was more interested in the results as far as getting the hitters out, and right? Stuff, but um, and they they weren't they had the velos on TrackMan stats and stuff like that. But I was more interested in watching my mechanics and stuff mm-hmm. rather than getting caught up in velocity. I don't know if you saw this the other day, but Trevor Bauer came out and kind of said, you know, the difference between like minor league pitching and the big leagues is that in the minor leagues you'll get tons of opportunities to pitch if you have high velo versus someone who's maybe 86 and gets really good results and then you get to the big leagues and you know if you just get out getting outs yeah it's just about getting outs so do you see that where there's guys who are just hanging around just because they can throw Um, ridiculously hard yeah uh, yes and no i mean you see obviously you see guys on our team and different teams that come out of the pen and throw in 100 it's like yeah that's that's a good gift to have but well, you're not um, that far off. You might right. Be like, well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> as far as, like, at the end of the day, though, I think you start seeing it more high, too. Like, at the end of the day, you got you to get outs, too, in order to move up. Um, I mean, velo obviously helps, and that the plate power and stuff helps. But if you don't got a good batting average, ERA, strikeouts, you're walking a lot of – if, you, if you're walking a lot of guys, like, you won't move up just because you throw hard. You still got at the end of the day, you still got to get guys out because there's guys in front of you that are trying to get to the big leagues that are getting guys out. So yeah. it's like they can't, you can't bump that guy out just because you throw hard. But I mean, obviously the velocity will help and allow you to stay around longer, more opportunities. But like I said, at the end of the day, you got yeah. guys. And that's kind of another thing I'm kind of curious about, right? Because in affiliated ball, especially the minor leagues, it, it's really just about developing, right? They're just trying to get you to the big leagues. So I mean, do you see like guys where you know, maybe a position player is on the bench and someone in front of him gets a hit. You can tell he get, he's, he's, he's not happy because maybe, you know, that guy is going to move up before him. Or do you see any of the kind of like that jealousy factor? Um, you would think you would, but honestly, you really don't because as, as a team, you're playing together. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you want to go out there and win. So if you go out there and win, your team looks good, and you're out there and you're competing for, in the playoffs each and every year, then – they're more apt to move that team up and more guys off that team than if your team is bad and just you're good. Because, you would, I mean, we saw it where our double-A team went to the playoffs this year, and they've had that, that core of guys around for a while, and they went to the playoffs last year too. So they like it when, those, when you win because it, it kind of gets that mentality and brings it to the major league level too, and they want to keep that mentality all the way through. So I wouldn't say people get jealous where you would think that, but – Honestly, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't really see it that much. I think yeah. once you step on the field, everyone wants to wants to win and see each other do well. So. The other thing, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious about is, you know, your size, right? How tall are you? 5'10". 5'10", 5'10", throwing top now at 96. Now, do you ever, like, have a little maybe 
a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Like, have you ever had, had somebody be like, you know, I don't know if you can play in the big leagues necessarily because of your, your size? Um, not, not really. I haven't had anyone tell me that. Um, there was, when I was getting recruited for college, there was some college pitching coach that were kind of turned off. I know, um, not throw anyone under the bus, but I was at Indiana yeah. for a workout, and they kept me and this other guy back to, to hit and do some extra extra work and they were interested in us both and then they said that they didn't want to give me a scholarship because I, they like taller pitchers and stuff which is understandable yeah. but uh, it, you kind of have a chip on your shoulder because you're out to prove people wrong and stuff because you've been told your whole life oh you're too short yeah oh you don't have the wingspan your hands are too small yeah. and stuff like that so obviously that's a little drive but i wouldn't say it's like yeah like, yeah, like yeah. well i mean you, you see pitchers you know these days but Sonny Gray, he's not that tall. I mean, he th- there's, I mean, there's guys. Several, yeah, there's, there's several, several guys who throw hard. Honestly, I mean, you can look at it as kind of an advantage too, because you see the new hitting philosophy now is teaching guys to like mm-hmm. get that. They want they want to put the ball in the air, yeah. so that's causing their barrel to be low in the zone. Well, if we're if we're throwing from this arm angle, and you got the like your taller pitcher throwing from a higher arm angle, coming so down, coming yeah. down. So when we're throwing from a different arm arm angle. It can be an advantage to us, and we got to use that to our advantage. Um, so we try to have a little life on the fastball, and it allows you to not pitch up in the zone a lot, but put the ball in the zone up and have success when you see hitters' barrels going to the bottom of the zone trying to hit it. That's really interesting that you brought that up because that, that's such a huge thing now where, you know, hit the ball in the air, you know, especially, you know, all over Twitter, left and right. So have you noticed the difference uh, when you're throwing to guys, even in the minor leagues, like when you're pitching, are there are they are there swings maybe a little bit longer or I will know I will say that when people step in the box, like they're trying to put the ball in the gap. So yeah. uh, I mean, you obviously hitters don't want to put the ball on the ground and roll over and stuff. But you're I, I still you still give up ground ball hits that are hard. Yeah. And I I wouldn't tell hitters that you have to put the ball in the air. Yeah. I think if you hit if you hit the inside part of the ball, put backspin on it and drive it, and just worry about hitting line drives, and you'll start seeing success and. I think the new hitting philosophy, when they say hit it in the air, people automatically think, oh, well, i got to hit home runs or, yeah. pop, like, deep pop flies. It's like, no, when, it, when they say in the air, it's like a line drives, like a line drives in the air. So I wouldn't say, like, oh, I need to get the ball in the air. Like, don't force too much too much yeah, yeah. air under. I mean. Very, yeah, you got to put the ball in play first yeah. and foremost. And, and right. at the end of the day, like, your goal is to reach base, whether it's yeah. be a hit, walk, uh, air somehow. You, yeah. You're trying to get on base. If you just keep hitting pop flies, the Left and center, it's like I'm not. You're not getting on base, and pitcher's happy. So yeah, I wouldn't say from from a hitting standpoint, I'm not a hitting coach or anything. But yeah. I would just say work on driving the ball. Right now, you guys have a really like pretty long season. How many games did you play this year? Uh, we played 139. We were slated for 140, but we had to rain out the Jeez. first half. I think. So. I mean, how much of a how much of a grind is that? Because I I played like 70 in like 77 days, and it felt like like a year. Uh, yeah, it can be long, um, especially in the dog days of summer in yeah. July when it's 95 degrees and you're taking BP at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And But it's, it's fun because the group of guys we had this year were awesome. So being around them, being at the park every day, I mean, having an opportunity to play baseball. I mean, yeah, there were some days that were a grind where your body's aching, just sitting through a three-, four-hour game, and it's like, Man, but at the end of the day, like, got fortunate enough to be playing the game and healthy, so I can't complain. What's what's the lifestyle like throughout, just in the minor leagues in general? It's just you know, are you sta- you're staying in what motel sixes for the most part? Uh, so we actually this year we stayed at we stayed at nice hotels in last year too. I know in rookie ball we stayed in some some tough hotels, yeah. but now yeah, we usually stay at like courtyards or 
Holiday Inn Express and stuff. And then like you have that, a host so. family. You have a host. Yeah, family? so in Wilmington, I had a host family. Bill and or uh, yeah, Bill and Tina Mitchell. They were awesome. So shout out Bill and Tina. Like, yeah, they they treat you like like their kids, and yeah. they got food for you. They can come and go whenever. And then so at the awesome. at the higher levels, uh, would you so like if you're in Dubai next year, would you have to get your own apartment? Yeah, you get an apartment share with guys, and um, I think there might be one host family or so. But for the most part, in Dublin AAA, you have apartments. So. Yeah, and if you get called up, then whoever goes to Dublin usually takes your spot. So that works out well as far as you not having to pay when you're not there. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of another thing. You know, the money factor. You don't you're not making a ton of money in in the minor leagues. Do you see guys who? maybe stop playing because they really just because you know, a lot of guys have you know kids and a, right, a right. wife and, and things um, like that yes and no i mean i mean ultimately if you if you achieve your dream and make it to the big leagues and you get paid pretty decent there yeah, as we all know yeah. but uh yeah it can be a grind as far as money but having the ability to save the host family saves save some money and then they feed you before and after games so all, only thing you really got to supply yourself with is lunch and breakfast and stuff so it's okay. not it's not too big of an expense and we're able to carpool into the field and stuff and then obviously on the road they give you per diem yeah. on top of your paycheck so they give you so you, you're like not are you are you pretty much breaking even at the end of the year yeah i mean you're not you're not in the game to, yeah yeah to yeah, make yeah, money, yeah yeah uh at the, at the lower levels but essentially you're breaking even and, yeah. and getting through so and then in the off season you have the ability to Get a job if you want to give lessons and make some money too. So, would you say most of the guys give lessons in the offseason? I would say a lot of them do, and then um, so a lot of guys too stay with their with their mom or their families and stuff. So they're not out on too many expenses if they're doing that. But yeah. As far as myself, I'm in Chicago. Like I got several expenses yeah. and stuff. So I'll be giving lessons up there. Yeah. So what's a what's a typical day look like for you? You know, like maybe just like a, a home game, for example. Um. So a home game. So. In the offseason, I usually wake up at like 9.30 and went and work out. So, yeah. But during the season, it's tough to wake up early because you got 7 o'clock games. Those games usually are over about 10 or ten or so. And then you come in, shower, eat, do whatever arm care you need. So you're getting home at 11.30 every night. So it's tough to fall asleep right away. So yeah. uh, I usually fall asleep around like 1 or so, even though it's not the healthiest. But probably fall asleep around 1 and then wake up at like 10, 10.30. And then I'll usually eat like a big breakfast or so. And then shower, get hang out, and then head to the field about two o'clock, and then get there, and then they have food for us there, pregame and stuff, and then we'll hit BP. If we need to lift, we'll get a lift in, um, hang out in the locker room, play video games or something yeah. like that, cards, and then about an hour or so, start getting ready for the game. As far as obviously putting the uni on, getting taped up. Um, and then getting your mind right, obviously 30 minutes before, especially position guys, and then bullpen guys. We usually don't head out to the bullpen until like 10 minutes before the game, so we yeah, yeah. just hang out in there. So You guys have it like TV and stuff in there? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a nice locker room set up as far as couches and TV and yeah. tables and stuff like that. So Now you see like certain organizations where they, they have like particular philosophies. You know, some I've heard some really don't like to like long toss or – things like that um did the royals have anything where they were like you know that we don't want you to you know to um so air it out? this year they allowed guys to do if they wanted to do weighted ball programs during the year like drive line uh they didn't want you like obviously pulling down with the weighted balls but yeah. as far as shoulder and arm care as far as like doing the backwards throws and uh the pivot throws to get hot and stuff like that they allowed you to do that but um I haven't really heard or asked about the way to ball for I know there's probably some guys out there that do an off season and stuff, but and then there's some obviously there's some guys that like to long toss more than others. I know I'm a guy that likes to keep it short around yeah. 
100, 120 at most during the season and stuff. But um, they send out the throwing program in the off season for you to do, and it starts around Christmas or a little before. And then that allows you to build up. And, I mean, you can start throwing early and kind of keep it on the radar. Yeah. But as long as you're ready to go, as soon as you step on the mountain of spring training, they're, they're not happy to say anything. Yeah, as long as you're healthy too. Right. What's a, So I, do you know a lot of guys who are doing that driveline program? Or have you thought about doing the uh, – we, we, we did a modified version in college, and I liked it. Um, I didn't really gain much velo. I think from my standpoint, it allowed me to just maintain my top velocity better. But I know there's a handful of guys that do it, but it's, it's just tough when you play that many games. From, yeah, that yeah. many games. And then when you're ready to start throwing again, it's like, all right, I need to do the normal throwing program. So I know there's some guys that will start a month early in order to get it in. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of guys like to take that two months off in order to get the right rest yeah so they do they tell you like for next year when you're heading into spring training i've heard that you know at that you know unless you just absolutely kill it or or the opposite play really bad in spring training they pretty much know where you're going to be um have they have they told you yeah uh, they haven't i mean i'm they, they have a good idea where they want to send guys and they, they do that in the winter time but they don't they don't tell you in spring training until about the last week week and a half to kind of keep the competition and and obviously, too, if they tell someone, oh, you're going to this level, that level, sometimes it's not what people want to hear. So yeah. they don't want people moping around the locker room, I'm sure. So they kind of hold off onto it or hold off on that aspect. And then about a week a week left, they'll start telling people so they can get apartment arrangements and stuff like that. What's spring training you know, like when you're out there? For the uh, most part, I guess, you know, I guess it can be pretty stressful if you don't know if you're, you know, you know make the you know make a team or not but obviously you know you know you will for next year but like like a typical day i mean what's what's that looking like out there uh so spring training starts early in the day so we wake up about 5 45 leave for the field about 6 30 and then you get to the field you got breakfast for you you got whatever mobility stuff you need to do uh, if you want to get lifting obviously and then you usually start workouts around 8 8 30 and then you got workouts all day as far as fundamental stuff hitting bp PFPs, infield work, stuff like that. And then usually done around 10, 30, 11. So you're out there for two and a half, three. And then depending on if you have a game that week. So you usually don't start games until the second week there. So the first week's not too bad. It's kind of laid back and kind of getting everyone adjusted to yeah. spring training and stuff. And then the second week, after practice, you'll come in, eat lunch, and then you got to go back out and play a game around one. So right. it can be it can be – it's pretty intense as far as the amount of guys there and the amount of fans and yeah. stuff like that. So it's fun, but it can definitely be stressful too because yeah. you you go from off season lifting and living at home and working out with your buddies yeah. to you control to what boom, you do. You're, yeah. you're back in the games again. It's like that can be stressful too. Right? How do you? So if, if you're you know you're throwing you know during spring training or, or during the regular season um, and say you know you're a little bit wild, um, what? Do you focus, you know, on mechanics during the game necessary, or is it more just from a competitive standpoint? If you know you're not doing well, I think it's both. So obviously, there's if you're a little wild, there can be a mechanical tweak as far as you're moving too fast, your hands are you're not separating time, you're not you're not using your legs enough. Obviously, there's there's some mechanical tweaks you can make, but a lot of it's mental too. Like yeah. uh, you get eat up with it when you're not doing too well, and then you keep keep playing that negative that picture in your mind and you keep doing the keep throwing that same like the same spot high and away it's like man well you keep playing that negative picture in your mind it's like yeah well all right i gotta i gotta clean that like i said earlier but yeah you, you try to get you try to get all that out in spring training that way when the season comes and your numbers actually matter then yeah 
But, so yes. would you say for like for, for kids out there watching, if they're you know missing, you know they're wild, you know few days, few outings in a row. Would you say look at more of your mechanics, or would you say it might be more? Um, if, it, if if it spans for longer than a couple outings, then I would say yeah, it might be something as far as mechanical issue. But if it's just that one outing, and next outing you go out there and you'd be like, okay, maybe that day, like I said, it could have been a little mechanical tweak, but. At the end of the day, you got to be like, all right, I got to stop making the same mistake. So I need to take a deep breath and be yeah. like, all right, let's get the ball in the zone as yeah. far as the competitive aspect. Um, but people vary. I know yeah. that. So I know when I'm a little wild, like where I had a couple this, this season where I was a little wild, and I, you got to tell yourself, like, all right, I got to I got to get back in the zone somehow. I got to grind this out. And, well, it's uh, so mental, too. I mean, it's just you. I mean, it's just you on the yeah, mound. Like, there's I mean, not, there's honestly, <laughs> it's, you got the ball in your hands, so you control, you control the whole game as far as starting the plays. So... I know. I just like all right, I gotta get the ball in the zone yeah. somehow. Like I know my my body doesn't feel good at this point. Maybe I'm not using my legs as much as I should be, but I gotta somehow find a way to get the ball in the zone. So I know, depending on the outing, I had to remind myself, all right, do this, do that. And I had to remind myself before I threw the ball, rather than all right, I gotta stop missing arm side. I had to tell myself like, all right, separate sooner, separate sooner, separate sooner. That way, I'm not thinking about that negative picture. I'm just telling myself a reminder. And then when I actually threw it, it allowed me to do that and get the ball back in the zone. Sure, sure. Now, would you say that's the biggest difference between, like, a major league pitcher and someone I think consistency. Consistency? Honestly, yeah. Because so, the stuff, I mean, you got you guys see, throwing. Yeah, yeah, you see really good stuff in the minors. You see guys throwing the same velo, same off speed. But at the major league level, they're, they're, they have the ability to command all their pitches. They have feel for it and just – being able to consistently get hitters out at, on the on the big stage allows them to have success there and stay there, obviously. And that's why it's fun to watch. I mean, especially baseball now, or you start to see the young guys come up and yeah. bring a little excitement to baseball. But that's what that's the biggest difference between minors and majors is consistency and the ability to perform at a high level each day. Now, what? A couple more questions here, and we'll let you get going here. What What one thing do you think? you would like to improve upon for next year going into next year um i think or so is there i mean you had yeah, a good I think year obviously yeah there's yeah. a lot of room for improvement so i think having the ability to i had i got better grip from or feel for my slider this year but having the ability to put that where i want every outing i know there's a couple outings where it's like my feel for it wasn't great my fastball command felt good for the most part uh most of my outings but having the ability to each and every outing put that slider and just Get a, get a more consistent feel for it, and I think that'll allow me to have more success too. So, for uh, again, some of the younger guys out there, what what kind of pitches would you recommend that they that they need to have to succeed at the? Oh, uh, it just varies. I mean, I, everyone obviously everyone needs fastball command. That's right. the number one thing. Yeah. And then I know for my arm slot, and as far as being a reliever, curveball is not the best pitch for me. So I, I kind of okay. went to the slider, and then obviously a changeup is good. Good changeup change of pace pitch for pitchers out there. I know I don't really throw it that much, but I know for starters and then bullpen guys going longer than one or two innings and a change up's an effective pitch. And depending on what type of pitcher you are, if you're a power pitcher, if you're a command guy, it yeah. just varies. So yeah. I think I'm not, I'm not going to tell someone they should throw a change up, they yeah. should throw a curveball, but what suits their pitching mentality and game the best, I think, right. is what pitches they should throw. I got you. Um, one last thing. So you – you're in the big leagues, right? You got one hitter that you, that you could face. You know your dream hitter to strike out. Who would it be? Um, or who would you just want to face? I would want to face. I think it'd be cool to have face like Barry Bonds or Manny Ramirez. Yeah. Those are my prime. two. Those, yeah. Yeah, those are my two favorite players growing up. And then Pedro Martinez is my favorite pitcher growing up. But 
Yeah, watching Manny and Barry hit was awesome. So, so how would you how would you pitch them? Honestly, don't know. You don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I <laughs> just throw as hard as you can and hope something forward. happens. But yeah, if they just in the box, like my kid at heart would come to play, and I just try to throw it as hard as I could. But yeah, they'd probably turn on it. So yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> well, we really players. appreciate you stopping by today. Um, obviously, make sure to you know follow Jacob. He's going to be in the Arizona Fall League. So awesome, awesome dude. Had a great season. Um, one last thing. Uh, as usual, if you guys go to the show notes um, at Jacob's page, uh, make sure to click on the dannyokeefe.org link. Danny was involved in a tra- tragic you know, incident a few years ago, and he needs a lot of help um, for you know, his rehab, and he's doing a lot better now. Um, again, you can click up on a story, but if you guys could just you know, donate just anything, would help at all. Again, he's an awesome guy. Probably in a few, uh, few more episodes, we're actually going to have him on with with George, George as well, because George Foster is really good friends with him, and he actually introduced me to him. So he's a great guy. Um, so if you guys just check out that link, and um, again, we appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, and good luck in the fall league. So awesome, thanks, guys.